0: Welcome to the sixth episode of Change Voices, a weekly podcast where we explore the challenges, successes, and lessons of leadership through the experiences of diverse women leaders across Africa and beyond. I am your host, Paula Frey, CEO of Frey Intermedia. Our guest today is Dr. Yene Essiget, who is a transformational leadership coach and trainer, and who will be talking to us about the value of coaching in building confidence. Yene is the founder of Shola Company and has been coaching for more than two decades after starting a career working with civil war survivors, women surviving in red light districts, and with members of communities living in very precarious conditions. Yene has an MBA in finance and investment analysis and a PhD in transformative leadership
1: and change. So welcome, Yene. Did
2: you always want to be a coach, Yene? I did want to be a coach, but I I didn't know the word coach per se. And that comes from being very, very highly influenced by my grandmother. I know how she impacted the lives of so many different people who would come and see her seeking advice in a way, but she never gave advice. She always had a conversation to help them find the answers within themselves. And that's all that coaching is about. And she was doing it all her life. And that's where I got it from.
1: So, I mean, I hear what you're saying about your grandmother. How would you define a professional coach? You know, what was it about your grandmother that made her such a good coach?
2: My grandmother was coach because her gift and her passion was to empower people. And she empowered people by um, knowing that the answer is within them and that her role could only be asking questions and having a conversation so that each person discovers within themselves the answers that they're looking for, or the motivation, or the ideas that they're looking for. All she did was help them peel layers for them to discover the gold within. And this I found fascinating. I've always wanted to do that in my life. And eventually, as I went on along with my career, I did that as well, only to come up to know that there's a profession called coaching. And so I kind of went into that path.
1: It's interesting the way you describe it. People have an expectation that coaching is an easy option, that somebody else does the work and then tells you what to do. The way you describe it, it's very, very clear that the process belongs to the person who's being coached.
2: Absolutely. You know, when you're having a baby, the midwife's not going to have the baby for you, right? Mm -hmm. It's the mom, that mother, who's going to give birth, isn't it? We are there to support and encourage, and challenge, and be present
1: in the journey of that person, right? Mm. So before we move on to to how coaching helps leaders, I wonder if you would speak a little bit about what you mean by being a transformational coach. You could consider that
2: every coaching process involves a transformation, and it does. By transformational coach, I mean if a person comes to me, for example, wanting coaching about goal ABC, What's the iceberg under that? What are the other deeper issues that are driving that of why this person wants to do this goal that they have? A lot of times at the beginning, it's not really so clear when we start the conversation and it takes, you know, a little longer. Maybe it takes 12 or 15, 20 sessions. But by the time we're done, 15, 20 sessions later, this takes about a year, year and a half of work. They would have worked at a much deeper level and the changes they achieve, I call transformation because it is sustained change that becomes transformation. We can all change one day. I can say, oh, well, I want to change my habit and go to the gym more regularly. Okay, I do that one or two days, but it, I'm not transformed. But if I address the deeper issues of what is it that draws me to the gym, what gets in the way of going to the gym, and I come to terms with that and I find a deeper meaning into that then I can transform to actually make that part of my life and it's no longer an effort. It becomes natural. So when I say transformational coach is when I talk about making whatever change sustained and durable and it becomes part of the person's lives.
1: So Yanni, I mean, if someone's listening to this podcast, they might be asking themselves, but why would I need a coach? I've done pretty well on my own so far. What would you say to them? Why do leaders need coaches?
2: Everybody needs a coach or two. I have two coaches myself. And well, you can say you don't need a coach. It depends what you want to do in your life. But if you want to take yourself up to your ultimate potential, if you want to go on the edges all the time, learn and grow, and I'm not talking only about growth in terms of financial growth or whatever, but getting deeper meaning in what you do, deeper meaning into your life. The role of the coach is to be, you can bounce ideas, you can have conversations, you can have questions that help you dive deeper into yourself and that help you discover aspects about your life, about your behavior, about the choices that you make that ultimately will give you deeper meaning. So technically, you don't need a coach. If you're happy the way you are, fine, you know, carry on. If you want to have something deeper, if you want to have something more meaningful about life, If you just want to become a better human being, whatever better means to you, then it's a great opportunity to work with a coach because you have somebody that will have conversations with you that are focused just on you. There's no judgment. And the questions help you uncover the blind spots and reduce the blind spots so that you have a 360 view of where you are in the world, where you want to go, how you relate to the world, how the world relates to you. It helps you make sense. If you're looking for something more, then working with a coach is great. But when you say working with a coach is great, but then the next question is, it's always subject to who's, who's your coach. So is the yeah. chemistry working well? The coach that you have,
1: can they level with the depth that you want to reach? Which brings me really to the next question, right? If I decide to get a coach, what should I be looking for? Mm-hmm. How important is that synergy or that, that chemistry between my coach and I? The chemistry and the synergy is
2: important. And it doesn't mean that you have to be best friends. Sometimes a coach that challenges you, you might feel, mm, this person, I don't really like the way they talk to me. But the questions are interesting and they make you think, they make you reflect. By chemistry, I mean someone that you respect, someone that you appreciate and appreciates you back. Someone that you feel safe to have a deeper conversation with, and someone that's not necessarily attached to their role as a coach, and that is more concerned and focused about your journey. And honest enough to tell you that they don't have the answers, it's going to be a common journey. We're going to walk together and explore together. If a coach is coming and telling you, well, I'm going to help you do this and that because I have all the answers, I would walk away from
1: that. Yeah. Could you give uh, perhaps on a practical level an example of the kinds of things that coaches would work through with me So at
2: some point of life you have people who think you know I have everything you know family wise work wise I'm okay but there's a sense of dissatisfaction like uh there's no excitement there's dissatisfaction maybe not even dissatisfied there's just just stagnation and a coach can help work with you through this sense of stagnation to find out together to discover what is causing you to feel this way? What's at stake and how can you address it? How can you shift your perspectives, mm. you know, to, to come into a different dimension where you feel more energy and more excitement and more happiness? The people will say, Oh, I don't really know what I want to work on, but I'm, I'm not feeling a hundred percent all the time. Yeah. It's hard for the person to explain that because you're like, oh, Okay, you know, and where do we go from there? Then they can ask you questions to say, Here's how it feels, here's what what's at stake, here's what would make me excited
1: or motivated or inspired, and then you go from there. So one of the issues that has come up repeatedly in programs done with women leaders is the issue of confidence and the impact it has on our ability to lead, our ability to manage. So I wanted to talk about coaching specifically as a way to build confidence, and I was wondering if this was something that you thought that we could actually use it for. Yeah, definitely.
2: Especially in the case of women. We talk about confidence, and then many of us confuse confidence with, we come off as arrogant. Confidence is very subtle, and it comes from within. Confidence is When you are grounded and humble enough to know that you don't know everything and you're not good at everything, but you know what you know and you're willing to learn and you're open to others and there's no attachment to ego. And so if you can be in that space, then the confidence is there without becoming insecurity or something. And if you feel a little bit insecure, you can also own that and say, well, that not really sure about this, how to go about it. But the confidence doesn't move. It remains So it's very different than being arrogant or being lacking self-esteem and lacking confidence. And so coaching can help because it can help women leaders, any leader actually, but women especially, establish objectively their strength, their weaknesses, recognize that every single person has strength and weaknesses, recognizing that we can't just focus on our weaknesses, but we also need to own our strength, which as women, we don't do that enough. You have to hold it in both hands and in balance and saying, okay, well, I'm strong in this. I'm not so strong in that. There's room for development on this side. I will sustain the the strength on this side. And you learn to balance it. And you learn to be okay with it. And you learn to be okay with being vulnerable. Because when we're okay in our vulnerability, we become very strong. And then the confidence just shines through. When we try to hide our vulnerability, that's what draws uh, insecurity. Lack of self-esteem, lack of confidence, all the, you know, fear-based emotions. If we can be in a space where we're operating from a place of humility, groundedness, a place of love, a place of being okay with not knowing, then naturally comes into confidence. And whatever yeah. comes to us in terms of task as leaders, even things we haven't done before or difficult um, situations we have to address, we're able to address it yeah. because we're okay in our in not knowing and in our
1: vulnerability. It sounds, though, as if you're saying that the process starts with knowing yourself, knowing your weaknesses, so that you can then step out there and do new things, even while you acknowledge your vulnerabilities. Exactly. So how would you go about getting to that point where you can actually step out or to begin to improve or increase your confidence levels? There are a number
2: of psychometric tools that can be used to get the conversation started. So when I work with many of the women leaders and also men leaders that I work with, or anyone, especially when it's about personal development and developing their competence in leadership and dealing with people, I often start with a psychometric. So either a psychometric like the Myers-Briggs, where we look at their preferences. There's another one that also looks at what drives us what makes us happy. There's another psychometric called um, print that, that looks into when is it that we operate from fear or from shadow or from light. You know, when are we operating from fear or from being in the light in the space of love and not fear? So these psychometrics can be great conversation starters. So we can look at it and say, well, hmm, how does this look and where would you like to start? What is it, Which aspect of your personality would you like to start developing? Which aspect mm. of your
1: pain would you like to start healing? Is it possible, Yené, to self-coach yourself, to be your own coach? I don't think it's possible to
2: self-coach because the benefit of coaching is having another person asking you questions. However, in you know, a regular meditation and regular time for reflection and journaling, That can come close to being with yourself, but it can never replace coaching.
1: So then, what advice would you give women who wanted to or needed to grow in confidence? Well, I would start by
2: saying that they have everything they need already. All the answers that you're looking for are already inside you. What might help is every day to take just 10 minutes or 15 minutes away from your day to just sit quietly or have a quiet walk without any agenda in particular, to just be with yourself, be with your thoughts, be with your dreams, a time to appreciate yourself. (laughs) It's so funny because we're so hard on ourselves, you know, that's why we don't have confidence. We're so critical about ourselves. If you could only step aside from yourself and say, well, what if I was another person? How would I feel about this me, right? Would I be so hard judging her? Would I be so hard in being so critical about her? I wouldn't. So why am I being this way when that me is actually me? Can I be a little kinder with myself, knowing that I can only be genuinely kind with others when I'm kind to myself? If we're yeah. not kind with ourselves, whatever other love you give to other people, I don't think it's fully there because it starts with
1: me, right? Are there questions we should be asking ourselves? Regarding confidence? Regarding confidence, but just in terms of challenging ourselves to uh, a higher level of coaching? I always
2: think, you know, if this was my last day, how would I like to spend it? If this was my last month, how would I like to spend it? Sometimes, of course, we don't have an option when we're our work and our life obligations. We have to do certain things. But even if we have to do it to say, well, how can I shift myself and my world, my perspectives so that Whatever it is that I have to do, I take it as a learning experience. I take it yet as another just experience and not be attached to it. Give myself space to
1: enjoy the journey. And if you're not enjoying yourself, then do something about it. I think for many women, right, that state of of being unhappy or that state of struggle or that state of just coping, it seems to be an accepted state. And so the fact that you're asking us to ask ourselves if we're happy if we're enjoying what we're doing is such a critical question to be asking how do you take this step out of a difficult situation and kind of take that first step to finding who you truly are what your passions are what drives you and the kind of work that you could be doing or yeah. should be doing
2: in terms of work think of you know what if nothing mattered what if you had all the resources all the money everything what if you couldn't fail what is it that you would be doing what is it that you would be doing that you would feel guilty to get paid for? And somebody said, I'll pay you salary. You're like, no, 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 I'm actually very happy doing it. So I'll, I'll pay you. <laughs> Think of that because whatever it is that we feel guilty to get paid for, whatever it is that we would do if we knew we couldn't fail and we had all the resources is what we should be doing because then that's not work anymore. That's actually living our passion and living our calling. And everybody has a calling. I'm not saying that we're all going to be changing the planet at a (laughs) global level. And maybe we are. Wherever you are, whatever you do, what's your dream? Some of us, our dream is just to raise our children the best way we can. And that's perfect. And that's amazing. One of the most noble life missions. It's not easy. I think it's underrated how important it is. Maybe it's to start an organization or whatever, whatever it is. Make sure that you do something where your heart nods yes, even if your brain is telling you maybe not because you're not going to manage. There's not enough money. You're going to fail. What will people think about you? And if you manage, nobody will like you anymore because you're going to be too successful. So
1: you'll be alone. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Just follow your heart. And That's a good way to end this particular podcast. And to say, Jenny, thank you very much for chatting to us from Brussels. There's another conversation that we should be having at a later stage of having discovered what you should be doing, how we then take the next step to getting there. But we'll pause for now and come back again. And if listeners to the podcast want to find out more about coaching, where can they get more information about what you do? My website,
2: everyonesworld.org, or just put my name in Google and then
0: some stuff will come up. I guess it's a good time to admit that I am a coach who is in turn coached. In fact, I've had a number of coaching influencers in my life who at various points have given me the necessary support and even a push in order to change gears into the next phase of my career. And from that perspective, several things from this conversation resonate with me, starting with the reiteration that the process belongs to the person who is being coached. A key point that Yené raises is that the process is sustained and long-term. Every coaching process, she says, involves a transformation. The coaching question is at the heart of the process and it can help us uncover our blind spots. It helps us to take a 360-degree view of where we are in the world and where we want to go. If you're looking for a coach, choose someone with the right chemistry, but you don't have to be best friends. Rather consider how they make you think, how they make you reflect, and whether you have the confidence to have deeper discussions with this person. Coaching helps us cultivate our confidence by clarifying who we are, what we know, and what we need to know. Everyone has strengths and weaknesses, and coaching helps us to identify our own so that we can grow as leaders. Regular meditation and regular time for reflection and journaling can support growth in the absence of a coach, but these cannot replace the role of the coach completely. I'm going to leave you with those thoughts and a brief reminder that you can find these tips and more on all our at Frey Intermediate social media platforms. If you want to subscribe to our newsletter, which is more in-depth and targeted at women leaders in business or non-profit organizations, then do sign up on our website, freyintermedia.com. Please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on our next conversation and rate us on whichever platform you listen on. Thank you for your time and thank you for joining us for today's discussion. Until next time, let's lead.